Yeah. And here we are again for another episode of Speaking of Which. Speaking of Which. We are your hosts, Drew and... Ryan. I didn't know if there was a formal way to do that in any order, or if it'll just come naturally over time, or what happens. Hey, we're opening our beers. Let that be some foreshadowing for the beer we'll have to open later that um, Ryan dropped down the stairs. I dropped down the stairs. It, it was foaming out of the cap at first... It's now subsided, but it's still very, very to the there's top some, of foam. There's some foam at the top. It'll be an adventure, so stay tuned. Uh, or when I forgot to bring it up and open it and suddenly have it explode on me, and you would just hear shrieking and everything got knocked over and destroyed. Yeah, so, I mean, that that's to come. There you go. We, we reward our listeners, new and old. Uh, let's start off our show like we usually do, with a little bit of housekeeping. Anything housekeeping. we need to bring up? I don't have anything on my end. Yeah, I know it's a pretty quiet front. I mean, we've updated the Facebook some information. The shirts are available. You can find links on our Facebook yes. and our Twitter, most likely. And we'll probably post whenever they go on sale or there's coupon codes. Uh, to be frank, because it, it, I've actually been asked already by somebody looking to buy it. We have no way of purchasing them at a better deal. We can just let you know when the site that's hosting our design gets a sale or a price drop, which they tend to do pretty frequently. I feel this the site is tpublic.com and just search for... Speaking of which, it's the tag I put it under, mm-hmm. uh, or it's it's on my personal shop, which is boxless, um, but they're there. All profits will go towards the show and getting equipment. Uh, again, the art is done by Ari Smile, who we always thank at the end of the show, but we'll thank up front for letting us use her art on our shirts. And I told her if ever we reached a good profit margin with the shirts, which I don't foresee happening very quickly. <laughs> no. At, like, I think we get like $5 back every shirt sale. Woo! Which is nice. It'll go towards a new sound card, new mics, the soundproofing of my basement to do the recordings in. Sure. And if ever we reach peak success and make more money, I told her we would donate it towards a charity for a cause under her name. Hmm. I believe Planned Parenthood, and I forget the other one right now, but I have it saved in my notes to an animal or a pet charity. Okay, well, that'd be cool. Uh, Definitely. That's really all there is for housekeeping. Shirts are available. We have social media. Yeah. Because we've never had social media before. No. Totally new. <laughs> but now we do have official official pages, and I, you know, we pretty nice. share them every now and then. The Twitter, the Twitter feed is still sort of not polished. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You sent me the login info. I'm gonna play with it a bit and try to get it running a little better, just so it'll auto repost what we do on Facebook, so our non Twitter people don't feel like we have to update both and. Our non-Twitter people will still get access to the information. Yeah, that's it. That Our non-Facebookers on Twitter will still get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we know what you mean. I think that's a good idea. You know what I'm speaking of. Speaking of which of I'm which? speaking. Thank speaking you. of which, what are we... I was name-dropping our own show. Uh, do you want to bring uh, up a correction? Because this is part of the, yeah. the the housekeeping we wanted to do, was making sure to correct things. Yes. So this uh, in is our, Yeah, this is all on me, because I'm the one who makes mistakes, it turns out. <laughs> I uh, mean, our, yeah, you're the one who heard it, I guess. I don't right, and I mean, I got some little feedback. So in our previous episode on language... We, we, I extremely heavily veered into some biases on the Quebec language laws through conversation and a little more research, uh, because normally I try to research before show, that topic kind of came out of the blue and kind of came out of a personal vendetta. It isn't brought to my attention. My issue is less with the Quebec language laws, but more the way they are perceived by English media that paint a negative picture of them when reality is just the French people trying to make sure French doesn't die versus overtakes English. Um, so if I came across being really anti-French at the time I was, my opinion has been skewed due to better information. So to those of you who corrected me, thank you. I still feel that we are in a great place and we learn two languages and we are greatly privileged over a lot of other people who don't. Yeah. And I still like that we live in a place where even though I am the English person in a primarily English part of Quebec, 
I'm not a minority, and if I do go to most places in Quebec that are primarily French, I'm not ostracized, although I might be the minority in that case a little more obviously. Uh, and then a more specific correction, I called out H&M, I believe, was their website doesn't work in Quebec because it's only available in Or was it English? Urban that you said? I uh, believe I was told it was H&M. In the end, either way, I was wrong. It was Urban Outfitters. Yes. Urban Outfitters is the company that is, is currently in Quebec, but their website will block you if they see you're in Quebec because they do not offer French, which is somewhere where I do say is a bit silly. Let them offer it. Just put a big warning saying we're an American company that doesn't do it. Don't tell them they can't have a website. Just make sure they apologize for it. Anyways, those are our corrections. Again, if you have feedback for us, tell us in person, email us. Use the social media, private message us, post mm -hmm. it on our wall and give us hate for it. We'll, we might take it down if it's really insulting, but we'll at least acknowledge it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We're always open to feedback, you know. It's yeah. part of creating content and growing and being it, better. Putting it out there, you know. That, yeah, that's what and, uh, we want to do. Speaking of growing up and becoming better, I'm segueing. What are you segueing into? Speaking of which, speaking our subject. Which, our subject is uh, childhood toys. Yes. I don't think that was a good segue. I, I don't, I don't, like, were we talking about me? Well, we're talking about, like, growing up, you, you get feedback to grow up, you, you grow up and you want to mature, and as you grow up, you leave childish things behind, like the toys of the past. I felt it was an amazing segue. Although right. we are ironically sitting next to a room that is currently boxing all of my childhood toys. Yes. Uh, so clearly I did not grow up. No, that, that would be it. No, um, topic was actually inspired by another podcast that went on a whole rant about Silly Putty. Okay, yeah, uh, I remember you did say this. Yeah, they, they, they kind of go on a whole riff about how uh, Silly Putty, like, will eventually come back and it'll become, like, artisanal. Like, you'll go and you'll order specific colors mixed together with, like, a particular scent and, like, an old G.I. Joe leg stuck in it. Like, vintage Silly Putty, like a kind of hipster parody. Yeah. And it got me thinking, like, when was the last time you saw Silly Putty? Last time I saw Silly Putty... Oh man, it's been a while, honestly. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've probably seen it in passing and I just didn't register it to memory because it wasn't a significant thing. I mean, that's also very valid. Um, I've kind of always just sort of looked at it as like one of those things that has just, it's its time is over. It's not a popular toy. Like, forget Silly Putty, but that genre of toy, that like a putty that is used for doing something like creative or fun or silly. Yeah. Like we still see Play-Doh and modeling clay. But, like, that putty phase of just, like, it's literally just a toy because it is a goop. Like, the ones you stick your thumb and makes a fart noise. The ones you throw at the wall and it would slime down really slowly. Or the ones you can mold into different things. It was, like, a sandy texture. I'm going crazy here. But, <laughs> like, those toys have fallen out of favor. And the only time I see them still is when my father pulls them out of the garage in his old bucket of things he doesn't throw away. Yeah, okay. And sure. it just got me thinking, like, those other childhood toys. Like, you look at kids today. And, I mean, we always talk about how they have iPads and iPhones. And that's the, the new generation. But, like... Even the toys they get. Like, have you been to a Toys R Us recently? No. No, I have not. I don't remember. I also cannot remember the last time I set foot in a Toys R Us, to be totally honest. I still pass by the one near our work or my work once in a while because I'd like to check what's new. Fair. Um, which also sparks one of my big topics here, which is the bringing back of vintage toys because it's actually happening. You can walk in Toys R Us now and pick up like exact replicas using the same, I'm assuming the same molds and parts and everything. Of old Power Rangers, old Transformers, and a few other series. Yeah. And they're being specifically marketed to our generation of like, hey, you've seen the new ones. Here is literally a remake of the original at triple the price. People will pay for retro. 
but it's nice. Like I'm the kind of person where like I've always I love my old collection. Like my father has in the basement uh, of my parents' place all my old Power Rangers in their boxes with for the majority the accessories and stuff, the instruction manuals, everything. Because my father said they he used to collect cars and he still has all of his old toy cars and matchboxes. They retained a value and these will likely do the same thing one day. Your generation will grow up, forget about them, and then they will get resold at triple the value by the retailer. <clears throat> But those real fans will want the originals in their boxes, and they'll be worth something. And he's right. They they go on eBay for quite a good price. They do. I mean, even just parts of toys. Like, obviously, the old Charizard holographic card, good condition. You know, probably a certain edition of it, too. Yeah, the first edition one, you can still find online for, like, seven to $1,000. Yeah, which is... Kind of crazy. Sorry, 700 to $1,000? I meant to, like, seven to, like, $800. Seven dollars. <laughs> If it was seven dollars, I would buy it immediately. I would drive down to the person and pick it up in person. Fuck. Yeah, or resell it right away. I still have money. Fuck off and keeping it. Mm, fair. Yeah, I guess. Like, I think I wrote in the question. I mean, it doesn't really matter because only one person uh, responded to us this week. We didn't get a lot of comments. It happens. Not everyone's subject. Um, I wrote that, what do you think about toys these days? And you touched on it a little bit mm-hmm. with iPhone, iPad. But realistically, I was thinking back. And what's a toy that I use most often? Like Nintendo 64, Game Boy Color. Yeah, and consoles is going to be a big one. That's one I knew you would touch on for sure. Yeah. And you see that, especially that's, again, talking about the whole bringing back the retro. I mean... Yeah. Whether it be companies making games that feel like they were designed for those consoles because it feels they, they want to bring back that nostalgic feeling, or whether it is people still playing Pokemon Red or Mario 64 or the original Mario parties on the uh, N64 and stuff like that. Right. There is still a feel for those old games because they remind you of your childhood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there is that nostalgia factor that some, some things like that will come back because of the nostalgia. The same reason why... You know, now that Transformers is big again, they're reaching out to that audience and bringing back the old toys to kind of suck them back in. Yeah. Power Rangers new movie, great time to get the new, the that old audience back by bringing them their old toys again. It's unfortunate how much of it is based in marketing. Yeah. But we are hitting an age now where, I've always said, I think the, um, if anyone listening has ever looked at those Amiibos, the, the Nintendo little figures they use for the games that actually have little, like, the readers in them. The fact that as a child, I would have done anything for a Yoshi figure, but that wasn't a thing they made. Nintendo didn't do toys. Mm. You could pick up a game. If you were lucky, a Japanese import of a plush once in a while, maybe. And they were stupid expensive on eBay. Now that I'm an adult with, at the time, disposable income, not anymore with the house, mm. I could go out and buy a figure, multiple figures of all these characters I loved, just to collect. Now that they are available and I have the money. True. True, it's 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 weird, right? It also plays a bit of the marketing role, like you said. It's like Unfortunately it, all of it's based on the marketing. It's role, all yes. based on marketing. Like as much as we grow up, so do the people who are now the marketers. They were our age ones, they know or close to our age ones, they know what we are into, they know when to bring it back, they know when people start having maybe not a lot, but some disposable income. And boom, they go right back into it. And that's where you get the Super Nintendo coming back. And, yeah, that uh, classic NES thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Uh, nostalgia, right? I think nostalgia was actually another topic we had. Yeah, uh, I think this might list. dip into it a lot, actually. A little it might bit, yeah. kind of absorb it a little bit. I'm going to rotate myself here. I can't find the edge of the couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No worries. Um, yeah, no, when you say nostalgia, though, and I mean, 
an example I always kind of brought up sarcastically, but looking at it more and more, I can see the realism in it, was if you can think of one media company, a company that produced movies that really like controlled your childhood, who do you think of? A company that controlled movies? Like when you look back at your childhood and the movies you saw, like the myriad of animated films you'd watch. Disney. Disney. Yeah. Disney was most of our childhoods. Yes. And we all grew up. And we get into different things like Star Wars or the Avengers or Marvel or other series. What does Disney buy? Oh, they buy Lucas. Uh, you know, they buy George Lucas. They buy you, Star Wars. They buy the things we grew, we grew out of Disney to go into other things for a lot of us. They bought those. Yeah. Like, I'm just waiting for our generation to hit the age where we're all into, like, you know, sports their cars. And Disney puts out a, buys up Porsche. Like, that is the next step, essentially, for them. It's just <laughs> keep buying the things we're into to keep us as part of their, keep like, going. umbrella. Yeah. No, that's true. Not only that, with the remakes of movies. Obviously. Yeah, that new fan. Did you hear the Mulan remakes? I have none of the songs. Uh, allegedly. I, all allegedly. I heard was there is a Mulan remake coming. Yeah, live action uh, Mulan, and apparently the director said they're cutting the songs. That makes no sense. That seems to take away from the whole... It'll keep, the, it'll keep the story, it'll keep the, the, the themes, it'll get the story across, it'll be a little more dark and gritty, and they'll do the, the modern remake of a movie. I guess. But, like, to get rid of the songs, it's like, that kind of ruins the point. It's what you remember from Disney. That's it. I feel like, yeah, it's cool to remake and sort of make it a little more grown up, but I think you still need a nod to its roots and the, the song. At least keep I'll Make a Man Out of You or something at like least, that. At least, I mean... You know, yeah, that can be pretty it, tough. It almost does a disservice to where the movie comes from, to the original source material, right? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. That that's my uh, that's my opinion. But I'll, I don't. I didn't read much into the Mulan movie. I was talking obviously about Beauty and the Beast. And yeah. The Jungle Book from last year. Maleficent, obviously, not so much a remake, but an alternate universe. Mm-hmm. Um, etc. There's probably I feel more. Like that missing one, yeah. If it was definitely um, more often done. I feel like the live action of classic Disney movies is kind of their. There is their version of this bringing back your childhood kind of thing. So, I mean, extending our childhood toys to our childhood, you know, nostalgia. Really, our childhood nostalgia for products, whether it be a physical toy or a movie. Oh, that's it. There's there's probably going to be more coming, and there's more things like that coming. Because I think, I mean, it's probably always been a thing. Like, it's not like our generation is unique in this. Mm-hmm. There's always this sort of gap period where something isn't all that relevant anymore and then it comes back yeah uh to kind of tie it back to toys a great <coughs> yes. example of this is recently i've seen easy bake ovens are back hmm. i remember being a kid and wanting one and of course back then when you were a boy who wanted a little pink oven to make little cakes in it was kind of the not the right choice my brothers and i did end up getting one though thank you parents for uh being uh, being open-minded about that kind of stuff. Yeah, my sister got one, but we all played with it. That's it. It was a great toy. It was. I, I encourage more families to have it. It's a great thing to teach your kids to bake. It, just a basic fundamental skill. Just how to follow instructions, yeah. how to you know be patient and wait for things. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, there's... If you do things right, you take your time, you follow the instructions, you, you wait, you're rewarded with cake. Yeah, delicious. That's cake. the way life should be. Tiny cake, but... Good cake, cake you fucking made you that's earned. true that's true so what of your brow oh sorry channel manager andrew ryan there <laughs> clearly <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I, I totally phased myself there but i've seen like in the last few years at least when those like you know the catalogs come out for like you know i usually go through the toys r us one to see what's new around the holidays for like releases or sales and you all browse like what's new with like the toys because it's kind of fun to just you know be nostalgic 
Is there a word for that? Nostalgize? To be nostalgic? Um, I don't know. It sounds like that's a word that would exist. But yeah, but I can't think of it, nor am I using it. Like, nostalgize or, like, to be nostalgic of. or To be nostalgic. I'm not sure. You know what? We'll, we'll make it up. Or nostalgize is the nostalgize. word we'll use for now on. It's probably wrong, but for our purposes. Yeah, that's it. Hashtag nostalgize. We're no. starting that now. Hashtag. Yeah, use it in a sentence. Woo. Please, please do. Please prove, do. Prove, it, prove, prove it works. Prove it works. Yeah, so toys like that do come back into fad because they do see the appeal for it. Uh, and I just kind of look at those childhood toys wondering when the next one will come back. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking for the new hip extreme like app-controlled slinky. Oh, God, yeah. Like, that, that. You, know, you know it's coming. I mean, like even Lego kind of came back in the form of Minecraft. Not the exact toy, yeah. but that same, that I, same, it, it got the same people into it. It got the same people. I'd argue ne- Lego never really went away, mm-hmm. but I see what you're saying that it became relevant for the older crowd that grew up with it, and it sort of threw back to it a little bit. And I don't, I don't know if that's what Notch, the creator of Minecraft, had in mind, but I think it, it helped. Yeah, I don't think that was ever the goal with a Foxhole-based game like that. No. But, but I, I feel like the analogy was always drawn that it's... I was always... Whenever someone tried to sell me on Minecraft when it was first being released was, oh, it's like digital Lego for adults. That's it. People... I was always, and that's always like what kind of got me going like, but I don't... Okay, maybe. And then once you play it, you're like, yeah, that, that is exactly what this is. Yeah, that's In it. In creative yeah. mode, it's literally just Lego for adults. Yeah, you're building your... Yeah. in the world which is really cool yeah it just opens up the world a little more it's it's you don't have to pretend anymore it is actually a digital world you can play in That's and it. you can control the mountains the water the fire make a machine that just spits out ducks and they all lay eggs <laughs> so what other toys did you have as a kid so i want to bring up actually you mentioned we had one comment today so for once i'll be the one to read the comment yeah go for <laughs> it <laughs> steal feel... the roll oh and i had it open and went away where is it come back eh, open comments there we go so a comment from listener Nick, and uh, Nick says, uh, short list of toys he had were Happy Meal toys from McDonald's, Power Ranger figures in the Megazords, which I already brought up, I have on my mm-hmm. boxes still, yeah. uh, Game Boy, and he specified his two games, Link's Awakening of Pokemon, two of the best, and the whole Pokemon craze, specifically the cards. And I feel like that's, like, the cards are still a big thing, and now they've gone digital, and you can actually play the card game on your iPad. Mm, and whenever you, whenever you buy a pack of the cards, it comes with the code to get a pack in the game. Which is a really cool concept. So you buy one pack and you really get one digital, one physical. Yeah. Really fun concept. And I mean, it's kind of that new craze of Hearthstone of bringing card games to digital. So I like seeing that they can also take an old thing and bring it back and make it relevant again, both in the the physical space and digital space. Yeah. But I want to bring up one that Nick brings up here. And do you remember McDonald's toys, how much fun those were? Like Happy Meal toys? Yeah. Um... A little bit. A little. I do remember them. I, you know, my family didn't bring me to McDonald's that much. Yeah. So I, I, I remember like little, when they had little Pokemon, uh, mm-hmm. Pokemon stuff. Usually we were more likely to go when we had, the toys were interesting. Yeah. Like I can recall the times like when you'd find out a certain toy was coming and that was like, we have to go at least once this week and try to get one. Yeah. And of course they used to do it back then where it was like one toy every week. So it was encouraged to go back once a week. Marketing. Yeah, no, good marketing. <laughs> it is. And my father being, I brought up on the show before, an incredibly picky eater. Yeah. Was the kind of guy who would go to McDonald's roughly 
every few days. Like he'd probably go more than once a week. And he'd always just get the happy meal because it was a small burger, small fry, and a drink. It's all he needed. Yeah. He was that much of a piggy eater. The kids' meal was enough for him at a restaurant like that. Oh, God. <laughs> and McDonald's of all places, though, probably the easiest place to eat at. And so he'd bring home the toy almost every week, at least one or two of them. I still have buckets of them in my basement at home. My parents' place? Damn. Like actual, like those like laundry hampers that are like the size of a small, like a large trash can. To the top overflowing with toys like that. Wow. Because he'd go every week, and when there was one that he was into, like the Hot Wheels, he'd make sure to get every single one. If it was one he knew one of us liked, like, you know, when we were really into Transformers and that was the toy, he would get every single one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the few times he did, like, a Mario or a Pokemon one, he was on yeah, it. Yeah. I remember when they would do the ones that all connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was, like, Inspector Gadget. So, like, each one was a small gadget. It was, like, his legs, his arms, and then basically made a giant yeah, Inspector Gadget. Set. Yeah, no, he hunted that one down. Like, it was, it was bizarre how much he wanted it to happen. <laughs> Uh, I think for me, the big toys that we had were the ones, was anything collectible. Mm. And I'm not just talking about Pokemon cards. I'm talking about Crazy Bones. Thank you. No one remembers those things. I still have a, like, overfilled Ziploc bag of, like, I'm pretty sure just about every Crazy Bone, because they came with the stickers, too, with little books. You, you need to out. bring it over next time. That'll be our pre-podcast discussion. I want those here. I'm sure I have them still. I can definitely find them. Unless uh, we gave them away, but I don't think so. I don't think anyone would want them at this point. <laughs> like, they're one Feed of those them things to their cat, maybe. that were so huge and then disappeared. Yeah, that was... Gone. I remember the summer they started. I worked at a summer camp, and I think it was like my first year working there that year as a CIT. And they... We went to the water park you should go to every summer for a day, and they were giving them out to, for everyone for free, a little pack of two. Yeah. And like, oh, here's two of them, and it came with like a sheet that had all of them and explained how to play the game. Yeah. And like a few of us were sneaky and got in there, got like two, maybe two or three packs of them, so we only came with like five or six. Mm-hmm. And it just from there, it just exploded. By the end of that summer, everyone had hundreds of them. That's it. And it was just the biggest fucking thing. Oh, that's crazy. It Did was... you have a favorite? Do you remember any of them by name? I remember one that was named James Bone, which <laughs> was uh, which was pretty great. Um... I forgot a lot of them were really shitty pun names. Yeah, a lot of them were, were shitty pun names. There was one that was named Chesty, which was just a treasure chest. Yeah. There was some glow-in-the-dark ones that were cool. Yeah, you know. the occasional like, weird variants where they were like different colored swirls instead of single color. Yeah, and they were rare and, you know. Um, I'm sure I had a favorite. <laughs> oh, I still remember mine. Yeah. For some reason, Eggy. It was, oh, like, I remember it was just an egg with eyes and little feet. I remember Eggy. Um, I had them in like every fucking color. I'm sure like... I don't think I have the book that went along with it anymore, um, but I know I have a big bag of them. And I guess another thing that I'll put in is, I guess, uh, hockey cards, hockey stickers. So yeah. Me, obviously, that was pretty big. And my brother and I used to have um, a book where you would fill out the book with hockey stickers. Mm-hmm. And there would be a page for each team, and certain guys would be more rare. And I'm trying to remember, we actually ended up getting like four of them. Because full we got books? so many, uh, not full, because we got so many doubles. <laughs> and in the first three of them, we got them all full except for the one guy. And it was the same guy in each one. Oh, no. And I remember specifically it was, um, I believe it was Doug Gilmore. Um, From which team? Uh, at the time, I want to say he was on Toronto, actually. Now, uh, I don't think Bram listens, but I'm going to ask him about it because he will remember and at one point, he opens a pack where, you know, we, we would just share the book. It wouldn't be his or mine or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And at one point, he opens a pack, and he just, like, tenses up. And I look over him. He's like, what's up? And he shows me, and we freaked out. 
And then then they poured in. Like, then we got a bunch of them. We couldn't get away from them anymore. <laughs> and we filled up the books. I'm pretty sure, actually, we probably even had more than four. We must have, like, seven or eight. And at least the first three were completely full, except for Doug Gilmore. So it was pretty... Uh, so that was another thing. Anything that was collectibles... Me and my brother were super into it because we needed to like the the whole art of collecting. I don't think, I don't think it's as huge anymore unless I'm missing something that like like are there really collectible things that are huge and there's, out there? There's things I find that turn collectible when they aren't really necessarily meant to be. Like I feel like Pokemon cards are still people who collect cards. I uh, my buddy Nick actually brought up his comment there about Pokemon cards. He True. recently was trying to put together the entire set. Really? Okay. He just wanted the original 151 in order in, like, a frame. Yeah. He eventually gave up because it was just some of the cards were hard to find. They were, like, getting originals were too tough. At this point, they're just, yeah, they're not printing them anymore, right? Well, they recently didn't. Again, on on the same vein of nostalgia, they released a set called Evolutions to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Pokemon series. Oh, okay. And they reprinted all the cards in the old style with the original art from the original set. But with, like, updated moves and abilities to make them viable in today's game. Because, obviously, they've evolved over 20 years. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, their that original Charizard was remade for the set with the original art, the original stuff, but just new stats and new moves. And was made just as rare. Damn. In fact, I was actually watching a podcast. <clears throat> they ended up doing is they opened up, they opened up uh, three packs. So, each time they do is they'd open a pack, pick a card out, and have one of the artists draw that card from memory. Right. And the third pack they open up for one of the girls, they open it up, and he just goes like, are you kidding me? And they're all like, the the show just like stopped for a minute while they're all just like, what? They fucking (laughs) pulled a Charizard live on their show. Oh, really? Like a bunch of people talking about how rare it was, two minutes later popped one, and they were like, what the fuck? Hmm. Like, we have this recorded on video and audio. That's pretty amazing. (laughs) But that was the thing, too. So they literally went back and took the set that we all started with, re-released them with their updates, the same art, all that same stuff. Hmm. Like, if you look at a Pokemon card now, you see the style. They've majorly changed the way they look. Yeah. They went back to the old print just to kind of, you know, be nostalgic. I actually have, um, I went to a tournament and they gave me a free pack of that set. I have a, an original, I have a new version of the original Mewtwo. Oh. I pulled them very, I think I pulled a Charizard actually the, the day we were there also. So That's for as rare as he is, I've seen two pulled so far. So <laughs> I don't know. Bias here, guys. That's pretty funny. But, um, no, so collectibles, I feel like. I brought up the Amiibos, and I feel like that's one that a lot of people are collecting pretty hardcore, because they did become hard to find after some time because of exclusivities. Yeah. Uh, and there is kind of like a, there is a set number of them. Like, there is, for example, the original release was all the Smash Bros. characters, hmm. and I think there's three characters they have not released yet, but are confirmed to eventually come out. Really? So everyone's just waiting for those three to come out, so they can have officially every Smash Bros. character. <laughs> Uh, they did for the Animal Crossing games rather than doing figures for all of them they made it like a card set mm-hmm. and then each card did something in the game but there were like you bought a pack on randoms so people been collecting those so I feel like it's not as big a thing anymore but there's still the collectors out there who still will go for them uh, I was going to bring up though speaking of collectibles from our childhood Pogs I think I was too young for Pogs really? yeah I don't. I never collected Pogs so, what's our age difference again? I'm 27 and you are... I'm going to be 26 in a month. So, it's only a year difference. Like, I mean, I'll be 28 in a few months, but still, we're, we're, less, we're less than a full year. Right? Yeah. About uh, a full uh, year. Less than two full years. More yeah, than yeah. a year. Um, I don't know. I guess just... And I don't Weird. know anyone who is into Pogs. 
Because that was like my friends and I, that was our big thing. We had our big pog collection. We had like, we knew which ones were not like, you play the game and you take, you. it was, it was literally gambling. You play the game and if you lost whatever you lost, they took from you. Right. So that's how you grew and changed your collection and got different ones. Huh. And you had your favorites and those are the ones that even if you lost them, they had to give them back and you'd give them something else instead because those are your favorites. Uh, that was, oh, they're fucking pieces of cardboard with pictures on them. So I had like all of the Power Ranger ones. I had a bunch of Pokemon ones. I mean, they just, they put anything on cardboard and made little circle chips out of it. <laughs> no, that's strange. I had the, the one cool kid in the neighborhood was the kid who had the machine where you just put a piece of cardboard in a picture and stamp it down and it made a pog for you. Huh. They could literally just bond to them. I, no, I, I missed the whole pog thing. Weird. Like, we hit crazy bones, we both hit Pokemon, but pogs missed you? Pogs missed me, and like I said, they, I don't know anybody who was into pogs. Weird. Like, I definitely had friends who were into it, so we definitely played together. I can name a few that'll help my head, but that's kind of funny. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I mean, I missed hockey cards, but I wasn't into hockey, so it made sense. I think... That's it. I think my youngest brother, Sam, collected them for a small while. I know he got into wrestling, so he was picking up, like, little wrestler cards there with all their stats and stuff, like, similar style. Right. And he was into skateboarding, so he was collecting... Oh, the tech decks. Remember those? Yes, I do remember the tech decks. Yeah, I remember he was big into those for a while, including the ones that were little, like, the little magnetic thumb guys on them. Uh, I My, do. Okay. Yeah, I'm they're... like, I'm not crazy. I'm not making this up, right? They have <laughs> no, pieces no, no. they have all different faces on them. They look like pieces. They, they're, they're they uh, yeah, I do remember the tech decks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Hot Wheels, all yeah. that. I mean, there was some level of collection needing to collect in Hot Wheels a little bit. Not yeah. Quite My father would be a great example of that. I mean, he still goes out and picks up the. When he's. he's like, they did, like, uh, for, the 20th, for the anniversary of Mario, they did a whole set of Mario cars. He found me a bunch of them and brought them over because he was just like. I got myself a set. You need a set too. And I'm like, okay. Sure. Apparently I need a Mario Kart. <laughs> it's on my shelf. I love it. But I'm just like, okay. Yeah. So kind of, it's kind of nice not to grow out of things. I kind of just keep on to that childhood side of things for a little bit. But I think it's kind of funny seeing how like in our generation, the collect toys and stuff like that were mostly collectibles or like simpler toys. Right. Like even the more complex ones like Transformers and stuff were... It was like there was the two levels. It was like the really cool action figures or the collectibles. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's if it's a collectible, it's also something like an action figure, or it's something that is more interactive and more advanced. Like I said, Easy McGovern's are back, or things that work with your iPhone. Yes, this is true. Yeah, like I feel like as the budget gets better, we'll start seeing more and more kids playing with drones. No, that's it. I mean, it's it's always a bit of a life cycle when it comes to toys and games. So something that you enjoyed youngly as you were young um (laughs) suddenly uh, it comes back and it pops up again when you suddenly have more money conveniently who knew yeah i mean we all kind of joke about it but you're right it really is marketing they know when the time to bring something back is yeah so we are gonna start wrapping up i know this episode kind of went more on a nostalgic vibe than specifically old toys but i think we had a good chat about old toys was fun that's it Again, if you, directing to you now, listeners, if you have a toy you want to share with us, we'll bring it up in the feedback section or the correction section and say, oh, we totally forgot about XYZ toy. Yeah. I'm sure I missed some. I mean. Definitely. Show us your toys. Yeah. Show us some. Show us some of your toys. Send us a picture of you with your favorite childhood toy. I want to see that now. Yeah. Or your favorite adulthood toy. Um, Be very careful with the wording of that sentence. Uh Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing. <laughs> I did not think that one through. Don't send us photos of you to favorite adult toys. That could be horrendous. Uh, use your judgment, I suppose. Oh, even though I don't trust some people. Not our listeners, but just people in general. Um, so before we sign off and do our little goodbyes, can you think of 
what toy do you think or want to see come back next? What toy do I want to think or see come back next? Um, <laughs> Is that how I said it? No. Because that I sounded really I, messed up. I think how I said it was the way <laughs> I said it myself. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. What I would like to see come back. I mean, I'm pretty thrilled about the NES classic mm-hmm. already. I'm pretty thrilled with that. I mean, like I said, for me, my childhood toy... As much as I had the crazy bones and as much as I had the Pokemon cards and the hockey guards and the hockey stickers and this and that and whatever, uh, video games were still what I grew up on. Uh, N sixty. I remember getting an N sixty four um, for for Hanukkah, and that was the coolest thing ever. And I remember getting the GameCube and the Wii and PS two, Xbox three sixty, Xbox one. You know my computer, PC gaming. Uh, going back and playing old Atari games, playing oh. old NES games, playing going to my friend's house, playing on his Dreamcast, on his Super Nintendo, and, and things like that. So really, for me, it was still a life raised on video games. Oh so yeah, no. you're them, preaching to the choir, man. You know me. <laughs> I, I know that. That's it. I know I'm I'm in good company here. Um, but yeah, just that I think would be would be really really great to to see more of that come to back. see more yeah. of that come back. Exactly. I'd love to. I'd love Atari to see like do a reboot of some sort. Yeah. That'd be um, cool. Oh, I had one. I just blanked on what the fuck was I going to say? I want to see... So I was going to joke and say Beyblades, because I thought those were the stupidest things ever, but I loved them. Beyblades. My dad used to go to, like, Chinatown and buy the knockoff ones that were, like, way more heavy and sharp and pointy than they should be, to the point where they were physically dangerous and sparks would fly off them when you used them. (laughs) Like, I literally had one that was jerry-rigged together. It was all, like, metal. Like, it used to be, like, plastic, metal, plastic, so if it ever, they had some weight to them. Mm. Mine was all metal, bottom top and everything. And the thing, like, when you, you hit the ground, you hear, like, a dunk Like, it was it was a weapon. It was a fucking uh, weapon in my yeah, house. Yeah, those things would be dangerous. But, uh, no, I was going to say I want to see... Fuck, I will... When I post the episode, I'll put it in the comments after what it was eventually, but... Do it. This will be our sign-off. This has been Speaking of Which. It has... And uh, as we say goodbye, I'm going to pop open the beer. I'm going to pass me your uh, opener. I'm going to see what happens to this beer as we say goodbye. I've been Drew. I, um, I've been Ryan. Yeah. Oh, oh, here it comes. Okay, so we are on uh, speak. We are on Twitter. Uh, I'm at, at Ryan W. Drew is at Boxless Thought. He's still incapacitated. I am. <laughs> so we're going to... Uh, he's not dead. He's just struggling with <laughs> Just choking on beer. It's kind of my fault, but I'm still taking some pleasure in, in watching this. Um, we want to thank... I mean, we thanked her at the top of the show. We're going to thank her at the bottom of the show, too. We're going to thank Andrea. You can find her on Twitter, at Airy Smiles. If you want a super cool uh, animated avatar... Uh, hit her up. She's always doing uh, little sessions where she'll draw one up for you, um, and the proceeds go to her or a cause that she needs some funding for. It's a really, really good, uh, good cause. Twenty dollars or thirty dollars usually is all it all it costs to get a super cool looking headshot, a uh, very unique headshot too. Uh, you no, can follow sure. us. Sorry, I'm finally back. Yeah. Ah. Like us on Facebook. Speaking of which, you'll probably see it on either of our uh, personal profiles, but you can just search it up too. Uh, follow us on Twitter at speaking which speaking of which was taken um, I don't think I have anything else I think I sort of wrapped it up yeah you did pretty good I choked to death and you covered the show yay drop the mic drop the please don't drop the mic it's expensive I love it hmm. good night folks